are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And you're all about getting the beat. Thanks for listening. Let me start that again. Just leave it right there. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Locked On Wildcats with John Schuster. I'm Mike Luke. You might be saying, who's the show brought to you by? We're not putting that on today because Sonos is only Monday and Tuesday. We're happy you made it our first listen. Oh. All right. So there you go. You you mentioned to me that Sonos is what? An acronym. It also sounds really good. Sonos does sound really good, too. It sounds like a state. I wonder what's. Ah, Sonos is also a palindrome. Uh, it is a palindrome. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the story that I was reading, that I read growing up called uh, Hannah is a Palindrome? Uh, no. All right. So this was in like fourth grade or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was this kid that was always making fun of this girl, Hannah, saying Hannah is a palindrome. Hannah is a palindrome. And so... That's some really deep trash talk there. No, it really was. Man. And man, when you're in fourth grade, uh, that's, that that's, hits. Man, there's, that's good. There's two things that hit harder is... Telling one kid that their name is a palindrome uh-huh. and then blaming a fart on another kid. <laughs> right. Those are the ones where you're like, oh gosh, Man. there's no coming back. That's that. right. How do you that's show right. your face yep. the next day? How do you that's show like, your nose? That's like Ivy League material. Here's right where there. it gets good though. Uh-huh. Hannah is a palindrome. Right. The kid making fun of her's mm-hmm. name at the end. Oh boy. Um, 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 uh, I, 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 Anna? No, it's, it's a boy. It, oh, it's a boy. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Very famous quarterback. Oh. Oh. Won a lot of championships. Yeah, it's not Terry. Joe Montana is not a palindrome. <laughs> Otto. Oh, really? Otto. Oh, yeah. Yes, and it, was, it was spelled O-T-T-O, not uh-huh. A-U-T-O. Oh, that's pretty good. Yes. Yeah, so, that, that's a but, good story. So, but at the end... Did Hannah mock Hannah, Otto? Hannah mocked him at the end and said, Otto is a palindrome. Mm. And that's where they, I think they really got into things. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't, now, 15 years later, did they get together as college sweethearts because they were both very smart? And that I don't after? know. I think it just went to show that don't talk crap mm. unless you know mm. where your crap really is. Because Hannah's going to have an answer. Hannah's going to smoke you if she needs to. <laughs> that that's is. exactly what it happened happens the uh but no hannah is a palindrome uh where did we go with palindrome oh sonos yeah, yeah sonos a palindrome <laughs> right. as well All they right. probably listen to sonos what is not a palindrome though is arizona wildcats basketball mm-hmm. no matter what some people might think it's just not it's... well I, I i hope it is because they won their first game i'd like to see them win their last game too fair enough yeah. good point let me ask you this sure you ask away this. uh Lutel, I almost said Lute Schuster. Uh, well, okay. The legendary Lute, Lute Schuster. Schuster. Yes, he yeah. coached the Golden State Packers, if you're unaware. And if you wanted to combine it, you would call him the Lutester. <laughs> you certainly would. Lute Olson hated the Pac-12, Pac-10 tournament. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, basically said, you know what, and I don't want to say they threw in the towel, but there was generally a case that eh, don't really want to be there. Why are things different now? I mean, again, maybe it's just Tommy Lloyd. I don't know, but it looks like teams now, and I don't, I don't think, and I think Lute was indicative of a lot of different coaches there. That yeah. I got the number one seed. I don't care, right? You know, why is it different now? Why does it seem the coaches actually want to win this thing? I, Good teams. Two teams. two reasons, I think. One is that they've gotten used to the concept, so you don't live in a world anymore where a conference tournament doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't even there isn't really anymore a thought concept about hey. Do we really need a conference tournament? Right. That thought doesn't even exist right. anymore because everybody's got a conference tournament, so, right. so you just deal with it. Right. It's, uh, uh, and, and I think the second is that, I, I think conference tournament week is 
can be the best week in college. Oh, basketball. I love conference tournament yeah. week because yes. because these teams hate each other. Mm-hmm. They are rivals. They can't stand each other. There are some really good matchups, and they want to win. Right. So. You know, for some of them, yeah, it's the last gasp to try to get into the NCAA tournament if you're on the bubble and trying to figure it out. There are a couple teams in this conference that are in that situation. And another one that has gotten really hot that has aspirations of maybe making a run like Oregon State did last year. Uh, But that is an aside. They just don't like the (laughs) game. They're they're just rivals. So the rivalry aspect, I think, is great for, uh, for this week in college basketball. And, you know... Your school doesn't like their school. You have to deal with them all the time. They give you their their auto, your Hannah. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to deal them some Sonos a little bit louder. Correct. And and so I think that's it's why a way it's of so life. good. You have you also have teams that have scouted each other so much that they understand their tendencies, and you have a, a greater likelihood of getting close, very competitive games. Mm-hmm. All right, I think that's actually a very fair point. Actually, a very fair point. No, thank I you do, very I do much. Apologize. There's you no apology necessary. All right, but I'll tell you what. Let's, actually, yes, actually, let's. Uh, let's all right, let's hear. Uh, Built bar. Talk about something that you know what some people might think that Built Bar is a palindrome. You're wrong. Yeah. It's not a palindrome mm-hmm. because bar spelled backwards is Rab Tilb. Yeah, that is it's, not the same as Built Bar. No, Rab Tilb. No matter what you think of it, right. it isn't. But Built Bar. Let's be honest here, though. This has been revolutionary for so many different teams. You wonder Arizona basketball. You think to yourself, man, they look they look just different this year. And you might be thinking to yourself, and a guy that we're going to talk about in a minute, Umar Bella. Mm-hmm. That is a man that 100% consumes Built Bar. I don't think there's any way around that. And you know what? Maybe he's one of those closet Built Bar guys. But you know they what? They exist. As long as you consume the Built Bar. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter where you consume it. It doesn't, it doesn't nah. really matter, man. You can be consuming that in now, a laundry now, room. Now, in fairness, you ought to be shouting it from the top of a roof, a mountain. Well, preferably a place with a lot of people. So if you shout it from a mountaintop, there might not be anybody else within listening distance. Yeah. So that really might not help. But if you do it from a location where it's crowded and not terribly loud, mm-hmm. then that could be beneficial to the respect you earn as a result of taking Built Bar. All right, let's take a quick break. Thanks for keeping a locked on Wildcats. You and I were talking a little bit before about, uh, you know, about how during the Miller era, it never really felt like you had a connection with the players. I'm not saying that I feel like I have a connection with this team because I really don't. But at the same time, though, this feels like a... And maybe it's just my bias. This feels like a more enjoyable group of guys to root for out there. I don't know these guys. I'm not saying that. But you watch them and you feel like you've got a little... You've got a little bit of their personality. You know a little bit how they tick, even though we really don't have anything to base that off of. Is that is that fair? Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, it's it, it, our interpretation is certainly fair, whether it's accurate. Yeah, it's or our not. interpretation, I think, not yours. I, I think what would be curious, and you have sometimes the message board outlet and some of your mm-hmm. social media outlets that could uh-huh. that you know could pose that to people from different eras and different ages who maybe can answer that a little bit better than the bias that you and I bring to this conversation. I'd be curious to see uh, what they what, what their thoughts are. But I feel like there are a lot of players on the Olsen teams who continue to return, who, like coming back to the U of A, felt like they had a connection here, and the community galvanized a lot, around a lot of those players mm-hmm. as well. Um, during the Miller era, it felt to me like that was a lot less, that a lot of those players on that roster were sort of here, right. it's not that they didn't like Arizona, and there are certainly exceptions, 
Uh, Dusan Ristich is clearly an exception. Mm -hmm. uh, I think McConnell is an exception. Mm -hmm. I think Solomon Hill liked it here, but Hill was kind of transitional mm -hmm. ne nevertheless. But I, but I feel like a lot of those Miller players, and even Miller to a large degree, just was a placeholder yeah. here. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it feels to me like this, the, the, the new Lloyd-era group, has a true appreciation of what's happening in Tucson. Right. They like Luke. Uh, they 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 like Lloyd. They've galvanized themselves into the community. They're willing to do charitable stuff. They're willing to connect with the U of A and Tucson on a little larger level. And the fan base, I think, has some players that they can see that they can get behind. Mm -hmm. And so there, there, there feels like that there is more of a connection with this roster than even if this roster was relatively intact and Miller was still the coach. I think that for whatever reason, Lloyd and the team around him has adapted a recognition of Tucson that embraces the opportunity here, and the community has that opportunity to get behind them a little bit more. Yeah, I think I think you just hit the nail on the head right there. We might use that. We might talk about that on another platform here coming up in just a minute. Um, let's talk about the man though that is Umar Ballo. Now again, I don't want to make it out like Umar Ballo is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but there is something very fascinating about watching him out there. And yesterday's game or the game or whatever it was whatever. over the weekend, it doesn't matter. Yeah. What I find very interesting about him is he tries to dunk everything. Okay. And more so than even that, his patience in the paint when he tries to dunk everything. I'll pump fake you a couple times. I'll move around. You know what? I'm too big. They're not going to call three seconds on me. And then I'm going to break this rim on your face. There's something very aesthetically pleasing about watching Mr. Umar Ballo, at least for me. How many times, and the number I can tell you up front, is far too many to get to with a fair count. How many times when somebody goes into the inside, does somebody else observing that situation say, well, just go for the dunk? Yeah. Just go for the dunk. Right. With Ballo, you rarely say that. And I know he didn't spend a lot of time at Gonzaga, but he was a Gonzaga transfer. And while their body styles are entirely different, a lot of what Ballo does with his patience in the paint, even though he's physically more adept and able to do it, reminds me of Timmy. Mm -hmm. Timmy is the most patient player on the inside that right. I think we've seen in years. Right. And he will single pump fake you, secondarily pump fake you, pivot three different times, give you a third, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth pump fake, right. work, figure out where you're a little bit off balance, work that, and then make a layup mm -hmm. or hit whatever shot is necessary. His ability, he's... He's undersized, mm -hmm. and I don't know if he translates to the next level. Right, but his, he's got a lot of Kevin McHale his in that skill set in the in in the post is beautiful to watch. Mm -hmm. Ballo obviously doesn't have that kind of footwork, <laughs> but he has that kind of patience. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know if that's a Lloyd thing or just watching a Timmy thing, but it works. It's like mm -hmm, I'm going to wait. I'll I'll set myself. I'll be in good shape. We know what we ultimately want to do, and we'll get it done. And that's what he does, and it, and it has been very effective. You can't look at Bala. You can make this complaint about Coloco, mm -hmm. and, and we've talked a lot, boy. Here, here's your seven-foot-one guy who's decided he's going to take a ten-foot fadeaway. Right. You know, Bala doesn't appear to be that guy, uh, and, 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 it's, and it's something that makes him very attractive, and his growth that that position has given has made Arizona, I think, significantly more dangerous than you know it was You know what I don't see in now everybody loves... John Schuster is a big fan of comparisons. You know what I don't... <laughs> the you, biggest. You know what I... Yes, he really is. Uh -huh, there's, yeah. not a, there's not a bigger fan of comparisons. There really isn't. You can't even compare somebody else who likes comparisons to sure. the level that I like comparison. There's no comparison. Do you see any... 
Ed Stokes and Umar Bell. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, just I'm sorry. I just I'm sorry. You know, um, go ahead. Uh, uh, go. Who? I mean, obviously, everything. <laughs> yeah. you, you see him go up for those dunks and he slams oh, a dunk. I feel man. so bad for Ed Stokes. Oh, sometimes. Ed Stokes, you perfect know what? body. Right. Who you know just what? didn't? He just just, just didn't, didn't want to uh, get out. Didn't want to be. Didn't want to be touched. The king of the the king of the most missed dunks I would imagine in school. History. There was a, probably there was a guy, and this is. He, at least a decade before you were even born. There's a guy w- with the sons named Alvin Scott. Okay. Okay. Alvin Scott was a 6'7 wing. Was he, was he a harbinger of the future of <laughs> Ed Stokes? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Alvin Scott would try to dunk everything, and more often than not, the basketball would go into the third row. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they were very impressive, and sometimes they were... He may be the only player in the history of basketball <laughs> who's able to dunk, who's... Field goal percentage was less than 50 right, yeah. in his attempts. That is fantastic. Let's take a quick break. All right. Welcome back. All right, Schuster. Uh, oh, betonline.ag, by the way. Um, oh, that's not right. Or betonline sportsbook. That, Excuse that me. is right. Excuse me. That's uh-huh. where you want to no go. No problem. That, Calvin Ridley, we're watching you. That's where you want to <laughs> go, though, and you want to get all your best stuff. Now, let's get a quick prediction here because John Schuster and I are going to be live on assignment. And mm-hmm. one will be in Henderson. Yeah. The other one will be in on Las Vegas Strip. But that just goes to show you, too, that we want to have the entire Las Vegas metro area corner yeah, yeah, yeah. that you know what it's not just enough to have somebody in las vegas why wouldn't you have somebody in henderson on the ground I mean, as well? that makes perfect sense so you know it? what that's what we're gonna uh-huh. do quick prediction i know that this is gonna rub some people the wrong way i think ucla is gonna win the pac-12 tournament. crap you and me you and me both i mentioned that on another platform though i do too yeah, i right. think ucla is gonna win the pac-12 tournament uh and Ar- i think arizona's gonna... a arizona's obviously a good bet and has an excellent shot to do it and right. the fans who go up there give arizona that home court away from home mm-hmm. uh and, and and that plays but yeah i i, I for i don't even know if i can necessarily explain why i think it is but i think ucla oh I assuming ucla is healthy oh, i think, I can. I think they're good and i think they're tournament. figuring it out you know what but we will be back with you for john schuster i'm mike luke